Hear the word of the Lord from Psalm 40. I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. He drew me up from the desolate pit, from the miry bog, and set my feet upon a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Happy are those who make the Lord their trust, who do not turn to the proud, to those who go astray after false gods. You have multiplied, O Lord my God, your wondrous deeds and your thoughts towards us. None can compare with you, or I'd proclaim and tell of them. They would be more than can be counted. Sacrifice and offering you do not desire. But you have given me an open ear. Burnt offering and sin offering you have not required. Then I said... Here I am, in the scroll of the book, it is written of me, I delight to do your will. O my God, your law is within my heart. I have told the glad news of deliverance in the great congregation. See, I have not restrained my lips. As you know, O Lord... I have not hidden your saving help within my heart. I have spoken of your faithfulness and your salvation. I've not concealed your steadfast love and your faithfulness from the great congregation. Do not, O Lord, withhold your mercy from me. Let your steadfast love and your faithfulness keep me safe forever. For evils have encompassed me without number. My iniquities have overtaken me until I cannot see. They are more than the hairs of my head. And my heart fails me. Be pleased, O Lord, to deliver me. O Lord, make haste to help me. Let all those be put to shame and confusion who seek to snatch away my life. Let those be turned back and brought to dishonor who desire my hurt. Let those be appalled because of their shame who say to me, Aha! Aha! But may all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. May those who love your salvation say continually, Great is the Lord. As for me, I am poor and needy, but the Lord takes thought of me. You are my help and my deliverer. Do not delay. Oh, my God. God is forgiving. <laughs> 
period. Let's pray. God, please forgive me. Please forgive us. Teach us how to forgive. Teach us to accept forgiveness from one another. Keep teaching us what forgiveness even is. And most of all, thank you for being so forgiving. In Jesus' name, amen. God is forgiving. Period. Listen to one line again from our dwelling earlier in the worship service, 103.12. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Now, picture this. Picture an east and west that you know. As far as the east is from the west, that's how far God has removed our transgressions from us. God takes your sin right there in the Atlantic, takes it, goes all the way to the Pacific, and dumps it in the water. I don't know if you've ever driven um, I-10 coming in from Lake Charles into the Orange Beaumont area, but there's a sign. Have you ever seen it? There's a sign right as you come in on I-10 that says, I think, Beaumont 20, El Paso, 827, which is Texas humor. You think about this. As far as orange is from El Paso, if you've ever driven that in a car or ridden that on a motorcycle or a bicycle or whatever you feel like, you know how far that is, even in a car. I mean, for Pete's sake, even on an airplane, that's a long way. As far as that is from that. You know those little islands that, you know, like whenever you studied geography and you saw Alaska, those little dots that kind of go off the edge of it? And you know the Florida Keys? That's how far God takes our transgression from us. I think it may be a good idea for us to hit the pause button this month in this series about asking our questions because one of the things we've really been encouraging is talk to each other about forgiveness. Explore forgiveness out loud. What is it? You really explore it. Let's just hit the pause button for today. Don't worry about having to define everything. Don't worry about having to get everything just right. But let's just take this Sunday and just make a statement. God is forgiving. Period. We can learn about what that means as we go through the rest of the summer. We can reflect on where we've been so far. But for right now, at least just for today, to even say it out loud, God is forgiving. Period. You want to try? Go ahead. (laughs) Exactly. 
We'll work on, for those of you who are visiting with us, we're not very good at call and response. We are so good at so many things. It's such a wonderful church. We're terrible at call and response. We'll, we'll work on it. Uh, there's a number of places throughout the sermon. So how about whenever I say God is forgiving, y'all just say, okay. That's where we'll start. So all of the things that you're worried about today, you worried about anything? You can tell the truth. This is church. You kind of have to. This is church. You worried about anything? Things of your past? Things of your present? All of the things you think are broken beyond repair? You ever been there in your life? Surveyed something in your life and you think... It's broken beyond repair. It's our job as the proclaimers of the story of Jesus to tell you gently and humbly that you're wrong. The church has a reputation sometimes for saying you're wrong about the wrong things. What you're wrong about is that you're broken beyond repair. You're not. You know why? God is forgiving. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay. Y'all are y'all are doing good. So, thanks. <laughs> when God forgives, God lifts you out of the mud and gives you a firm place to stand. There's so much in Psalm 40, the long one that I read at the beginning of the sermon. There's so much in that song that I love, but man, that notion of God lifts you out of the mud and gives you a firm place to stand. Now, I know that I've used my knee surgery as an illustration a lot this year, so you're just going to have to forgive me for going there one more time, but man, I've learned so much about God and others and having to depend on God and depend on others this year more than I ever anticipated, more than I ever wanted to, despite my own best efforts to delude myself with my own awesomeness, because I didn't feel so awesome when we were at Lake Catherine in Arkansas a month ago, even when I felt awesome, and I did, I felt awesome, but I didn't feel awesome. My PT guy said, you can hike because I was begging, you can hike, but get those walking sticks, get walking poles to give you some stability and walking poles. And so I had some that had been in the closet for almost 12 years that I blew the dust off of that Rolf and Carol bought me in Durango, Colorado for my birthday when we all just happened to be in Durango, Colorado 12 years ago, right when we first met. Remember buying me them sticks? I'd kind of forgotten about it too until they said, get walking sticks. When are we going to need walking sticks? (laughs) Okay, so here we are 12 years later. So I'm hiking all over Lake Catherine, and I feel great because I've got the sticks, and I'm going, and everything was great until we had a rainy day. And so, for whatever reason, we chose the hardest hike on the rainy day. 
and I'm having to go down rocks that are quite slippery, and so it's taking me a long time. One of the reasons I felt awesome but didn't feel awesome is that, um, and it's not their fault, but people would go out on ahead because they weren't used to me being the slow one. And so I had a lot of time to just sort of reflect and be there and wonder. But there were times when I would put those sticks down thinking that I had firm ground. And you know what happened? They sank. They would sink in the mud. And so, you know, I'd pull them out and you know, shake them off, hit them together, walk a little bit more, and then sure enough, Every once in a while, I thinking that I hit firm ground, hit it, it would just go down. And it just sank right in the mud. I didn't fall down. Nothing bad happened. I made it out. But I, I remember that feeling of sinking, of the, of the sticks sinking in the mud. And because I wrote this first half of the series all together, I, I prefer doing that so that there's still more. I knew Psalm 40 was coming at the beginning of June. This was a month ago, a little over a month ago. I knew it was coming, and I thought, man, I'm living through an illustration, at least, of Psalm 40 that, that it uses. When those slippery rocks and mud started to become very real. Now, forgive me if I'm making too much of this illustration, but I think life feels like sometimes one big mud pit. The world feels like a slimy mud pit, and we don't have a leg to stand on. Now, for those of you who like sunshine and rainbows, I will tell you, and I'm serious about this, I'm right there with you. I like sunshine. I really like rainbows. I think the world is full of beauty. There's so much good. I look at this room right now filled with people who love Jesus and who love one another, and I see beauty. I think about the people who are watching right now live on YouTube or who will watch this a little bit later, and I know most of you by name, and I see all this beauty. So much, my goodness, there's so much love in this world. But I also know that sometimes the light that we bring to one another makes the bad stuff feel that much worse. You know what I mean? That sometimes when you know the really, really good, it makes the bad stuff look that much uglier. Knowing what God can create, knowing what God can create, and all of that beauty just leaves us that much more confused and sometimes dejected that there is even such a thing as mud. And so there are psalms that basically cry out to God and say, all this sunshine, all these rainbows, God, what's the deal with the mud? And so they cry out and they say the things that we say in our hearts when we're honest about this, and they say, how long? Oh, Lord, how long? How much longer? How much longer are we going to have to deal with this mud? Oh, that mud, that mud that grips your shoes and gets you so dirty. You ever had dirty shoes? 
This is not just an illustration. You know what this is. You ever had gum stuck to the bottom of your shoe? Or someone who doesn't pick up after their dog? Oh, okay. I don't believe in purgatory. Oh, but I wish it were a thing for people who don't pick up their dog's poop. I don't want to send them to hell. I'm not that kind of person, but I do wish that they'd have to sit in the waiting room for a thousand years. <laughs> there was nothing. And I swear, for some reason, I guess it was somebody in our neighborhood, I can't tell you how many times when I was a little boy, eight, nine, ten years old, walked to school and step in something on the way to school and then have to spend these few minutes before I run to class out on the side of the school with the water hose, cleaning off my shoes and going to school with wet shoes. But now that I'm a man and no longer a boy, stepping in mud and the bad things of the world take on a whole new meaning. And it's on those days when you feel like the stains of the mud are permanent that you need to say this out loud. God is forgiving. Period. Period. Seriously. That is something that we need to be saying out loud to ourselves, to each other, every single day, especially living in a world like this. Here's the story. God washes your feet in the Atlantic, gathers up all of the washed-off sin, flies it to the Pacific, and washes everything clean. That's our story, as far as the East is from the West. And I don't mind telling you, I have a hard time accepting that. I'm not telling you that you have to accept that and say, oh, well, isn't that nice? You may have a hard time accepting it too, but it's worth a try. If you don't believe it or you have trouble believing it, this, count this morning as an invitation. This is an invitation to try. Try. And if you need one more listen to a passage of Scripture that will blow your hair back and wash your feet, here you go. I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. Wait patiently for the Lord, and it's okay to cry, and cry in your slimy pit, in your mud. Say to God, how long is this mud thing going to last? God can take it. God can handle it. God listens. God is forgiving. Because if we have one story to tell in this place that's worth telling based on the truth 
of a forgiving God, our story goes like this. In God, despite all the mystery and tears and questions and our slimy mud, our faith proclaims that in God you have a firm place to stand. Amen.